0: Welcome to Real Talk with the Queen's Home Team, where we talk about life, business, and everything related to the New York City real estate market. Here is this week's episode. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Talk with QHT. I'm your host, George Herrera, with the Queen's Home Team at Keller Williams Realty. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering a question related to a co-op shareholder who never received a stock certificate. Um, I'm also going to be uh, giving you a tip of the week which is uh, related to how to handle multiple offers. So a good strategy for handling multiple offers. Um, I'm also going to be telling you about one of our new listings coming up next week, so you'll get a sneak peek into a new listing that we have hitting the market next week. And lastly, we're going to talk about mortgage rates, the stock market, and the economy. All right, so let's dive right in. First thing we want to do is answer our question of the week. The question that we got this week was from a co-op shareholder who um, reached out to us and mentioned that they had never received their stock certificate when they purchased now uh, something important to know here is that when you close on the sale of a uh, co-op the stock certificate which is pretty much your deed so you get a stock certificate not a deed because a co-op is not real property it's a um buying shares in a corporation which is the co-op so you receive a stock certificate when you close now the stocks the original stock certificate is typically held by the management company or it's held by the bank many times it's held by um the co-op management company but a lot of times it can also be the original will be with your actual bank that's holding the mortgage um but the actual purchaser, you typically don't get a copy of the, you don't get the original stock certificate unless you buy all cash. So if you take a mortgage, typically it'll stay with the management company or with the bank. And so usually what you'll get is a copy. Usually you can reach out to management for a copy of the stock certificate if you lost your copy. But the actual original is typically will stay with the bank Um, or it will be with the the actual management company Um, and a lot of times once you pay off the mortgage then that's when you get the original stock certificate similar to a car when you buy a car and then the title is held but then once you pay it off um, it's held by the the company that's giving the loan and then once it's paid off you typically get the title to the car so similar um, to that that's how it works with the original stock certificate so all you have to do is reach out to your management company or the bank for a copy of it in case you lost it Um, and it's very important if you did pay it off or if you paid all cash that stock certificate is very important when you go to sell because you will need to have the original Um, and we've had situations in the past where we're selling the property it was with the, the the co-op still has a mortgage, right? The apartment still has an outstanding mortgage. So the original stock certificate was with the bank. The loan got sold several times. And then a lot of times you end up having to track down the mortgage company that has the original stock certificate. So it can get a little tricky. Um, You should have a copy. The original will most likely be with the management company or the bank. All right, now jumping into the tip of the week. I wanted to give this tip because right now we have a couple of listings. If you were listening last week, then you know that we listed a three family in Elmhurst this week, as well as a one family in Oakland Gardens one of them already has multiple offers the other one is getting a lot of activity so we might have multiple offers so i figured i would just uh, come on here and give you um, some tips of how we handle multiple offers and how you can do so yourself if you run into the situation so the way we typically handle them we like to list properties at the beginning of the week so we can market it all week and show it as much as we can um, if we have a hot property, we usually start getting offers right away or within that first you know, four or five days. So then we know that this is a hot property. Um, as multiple offers are coming in, typically our strategy will be to not respond to any offers until after the weekend's showings. So typically we'll talk to our sellers and we, we advise advise them of this strategy. It tends to work well. Um, and they usually like uh, this strategy for handling the multiple offers. Reason why is because when you have multiple offers, you really, especially if it's a hot property, you never want to jump at the first offer and then close it off. You really want to give it a fair chance. So at that point, it becomes like an auction. And what you want to do is give the auction a a fair amount of time and give all the bidders a fair chance to put in their bid so that you can get the best price in terms possible. So we usually will tell all of the agents and the buyers that are interested. We'll let them know that we've discussed it with the sellers, and the sellers would will not be responding to any offers until after the weekend's viewing. So typically will be Monday, right? So on Monday, we usually will respond to everyone who submitted an offer over the weekend. And at that point, on Monday morning, we usually have a call with our sellers and we discuss our strategy. Depending on what we have on the table, then we'll discuss the strategy of how we wanna handle the multiple offers. But at least not responding until Monday gives you the full week and the full weekend in order to get as many people in there as possible Um, and that way you give it a fair chance give everyone a fair chance to go in and see the property and we always let all the agents and the buyers know to rest assured that everyone will have a fair chance to put in their bid and to win the property so we deal fairly with agents with buyers um, there's always a fair chance and everyone will have the opportunity to win the property um, depending on what's on the table come that Monday that's that that determines how we handle it and how we go back to all the interested parties many times it will result in some type of asking for highest and best offers by a certain deadline and so that deadline really depends on how many offers so if you had 10 offers on the table and you're still getting tons of calls and showing requests then we might ask for highest and best by end of day on friday let's see to give it another five days of letting people get in and see the property if it's let's say only a few offers then you could ask for highest and best by tuesday or wednesday and go ahead and get the deal moving so that is case by case Um, but All in all, you know, I just wanted to give a tip for any agents that are listening, um, any homeowners that are listening. If you find yourself in a multiple offer situation, this is something that we like to do, and it tends to work well. It gives everyone a chance to get in. It gives agents and buyers a chance to submit their offers, and then when we go back to everyone, it gives everyone a chance to submit their new bids, and we get... The price as high as we can with the terms that uh, the best terms that we can for the seller. So, hopefully, that helps all of you. Uh, listeners out there uh, re- when you come across multiple offer situations on the seller side. All right, so next, I wanted to give you guys a heads up on our new listing hitting the market next week. This is a single-family, semi-detached house in South Ozone Park. Um, if you're in the Queens Market, then you know that South Ozone Park and those surrounding areas are super hot. They've still been very in very high demand. Um, this house is a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath, all brick house, uh, has a finished basement, renovated kitchen with modern finishes, renovated bathrooms, um, new hardwood floors, recessed lighting, fresh coat of paint. It's a really nice house, it's all done up, um, completely move-in ready, nice and modern. Um, Now this house originally, just to give you a little history, it's actually a legal two-family. So it was converted into a two-family house, and when we first went to go see it, it was a two-family, but it was a one-over-one, a one-bedroom-over-one-bedroom. And in our experience, one-over-one, two-families tend to not do so well on the market because the pool of buyers for a one-bedroom-over-one-bedroom is not very large because from an investment standpoint, your rents are very low. One bedroom over one bedroom, you're not bringing in much in rental income. And for an end user, someone who's planning to live in the property, if it's a one bedroom over one bedroom, most people that are buying a house are looking for at least three bedrooms, maybe two, but you won't find too many end users that are happy with just one bedroom. So we advise them of that and the value for of the house, if converted back to a single family was actually much higher than what the value would be as a two family as a one over one so they converted the house back to a single family they renovated the kitchen the bathrooms the floors um, pretty much the whole entire house and now the house is just beautiful nice three bedroom standard colonial layout single family home in South Ozone Park. Building size is 16 by 41. Square footage is 1,312 square feet, not including the basement. Uh, 21 by 100 lot. Uh, Again, brick construction, semi-detached, fully renovated, and it has a detached one-car garage. So keep an eye out for that one. I'll throw the link into the show notes so that uh, by the time you listen, if it's on the market, um, then we'll we'll will as soon as it hits the market, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can check out more details, or you can visit queenshometeam.com and you can always see our our active listings there. All right, now the last thing I wanted to cover was. Mortgage rates, the stock market and the economy, just to see where things are this week. Um, Now, mortgage rates in general, they're definitely in the high fours. I mean, I think in last week or the previous week's episode, I was saying how we were starting to talk to buyers who uh, rates were, they were getting quoted rates at four, four and a quarter. Um, But we are in the high fours now. We're approaching five percent in mortgage rates because um, several agents I've spoken to, several buyers we've spoken to have gotten quoted around 4.75, 4.9, and that tends to be what most people are getting quoted right now for a 30-year fixed. Um, so we're, in ge- generally speaking, high force. So the rates are moving quickly lately, um, and that could be uh, also a result of, the uh, quantitative tightening that the fed is doing now which in which they stopped purchasing mortgage-backed securities so you see that um, as well you also had our first quarter point rate hike um, that kicked in but um, rates are moving pretty quickly and they are in the high force now the 10-year treasury actually hit two and a half percent today so um, that's also very significant within the last month we've seen the 10-year treasury rise over 25 percent so that's a significant move and that also um kind of leads to you know it's a not a one for one but it's it's a correlation it's something you can look at to gauge where mortgage rates are headed and so it's no surprise that mortgage rates have risen to the high force and you have the 10-year treasury hitting two and a half percent today um also, the S&P 500 and the Dow, they both closed out the week in the positive. NASDAQ closed uh, closed out slightly under break-even this week. Um, and, you know, those rising rates, they always hit the NASDAQ and those those uh, tech stocks. So that's why they they closed um, uh, in the negative. But all in all, you know, the most significant thing that happened this week um, is really just the rise in mortgage rates. Rates are really rising, Um pretty quickly they're in the high fours i was listening to a podcast um earlier today where they were speaking about the impact of the fed um doing quantitative tightening which at first they were doing quantitative easing right qe in which they were purchasing a boatloads of of uh mortgage-backed securities and that was keeping mortgage rates low that was keeping rates low now they they've been started um uh since earlier this year the first part of quantitative tightening was where they would eliminate the purchase of mortgage-backed securities. That's why you've been seeing mortgage rates rising. And now we had our first quarter point rate hike on top of that. Um, so all together, you can see what happens when the Fed isn't in there buying mortgage-backed securities. You see the rise in, in interest rates and in mortgage rates. And so That's what we're seeing here. Something important to note is that the last time we saw 5% mortgage rates was in 2018. 2018 was the last time that the Fed was actually doing this unwinding of quantitative easing, and then they quickly pulled back once it got to 5%. um, If anyone has been in the market since then, then you remember that. They hit 5% and they quickly pulled that back. Um, And then the last time before then was in 2011. That was the last time we also saw 5% mortgage rates. Most of the agents that I'm speaking to right now, our team members, uh, my wife, Abigail, uh, most people, the consensus seems to be that most people are expecting us to hit 5%. So once we hit 5%, we will find out, what the fed will do if anything right it will just it'll be interesting to see what happens once we break through five percent if that happens um this year um which it looks like we would because we're rising pretty quickly so uh five percent seems to be what most people think that will will hit that um and then we'll see what happens at that point but there's also there might be a breaking point so as everyone knows, the market has been going up, the housing market. Um, home prices are high, inventory is low, and mortgage rates are quickly rising. So if the mortgage rates actually break through 5%, we don't know for sure. But at some point, there might be a breaking point where the mortgage rate just gets too high. And at that point, you might actually price out a lot of first-time buyers, and you might get a lot of buyers who just... Um, just simply change their mind and decide not to um, not to pursue any properties anymore or to a property purchase so all interesting stuff not making any predictions here but um, the fact of the matter is that mortgage rates right now are mainly in the high force for 30-year fixed the 10-year treasury is at two and a half percent the trend is definitely still upward and we'll see what happens in the coming months um, and in Q2 to see what goes on there. But as always, uh, hopefully you find this information helpful. Um, As always, if you have any questions, if you have any comments or ideas of uh, topics or items that you'd like us to cover or address on the show, please drop them in the comments or send us a a message at queenshometeam.com slash askQHT. And we'd be happy to shoot a video and um, or a record a podcast for you to actually get that information out there for you all right thanks as always for listening everybody Um, hope everyone stays safe out there take care and have a great day